Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? It is the first episode of November. It's Survivor Series season. Halloween is in the rearview mirror, and we are back with episode 152 of the Chick Foley Show. Let me start this episode, as we do all our shows, by introducing the star. Sheena, how you doing? I'm good. As you guys can see, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you know, the the Christmas spirit hit us over here at the Phelps house a little early. I feel like I'm in full, like uh, if you know Christmas with the cranks, I'm in full Nora crank uh, mode over here. I put up some Christmas lights on the outside of the house. It's kind of like twofold. The Christmas spirit hit me early this year. And then also... Um, I feel like it's one of those things where if I don't do it now, it's going to end up being like December 18th and I'm going to be like, oh crap, I haven't even put up the Christmas tree yet. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, do it while you have like the the energy and the free time. Um, and uh, yeah, here we are, you know? So if you're one of those people who is like, you know, totally against putting up anything Santa Claus before Thanksgiving, before the turkey's cut, then uh, I apologize in advance, but uh, you know, no regrets. Yeah, I'm down. It looks great. Uh, and like you said, if you if you try to wait till later, you're going to end up delaying it till the middle of December because, you know, Thanksgiving is going to be a huge chore as much as we all yeah. love that big meal. You're going to be worn out. Then you're going to, uh, you know, you got all the cleanup after cooking the meal. You're probably going right. to say, well, when, once we get out done with the Thanksgiving leftovers, maybe that's when we'll kick it off. So, yeah, then I'm you all, get all the hustle of. and bustle of like Black Friday weekend. You know what I mean? And it's just like it, it kind of just slowly progresses into like, oh, it'll be next weekend and putting up. Christmas tree and all of that kind of stuff. Like I love the way it looks once it's done, but it's a major pain in the ass to like put up a Christmas tree and like put up Christmas decorations and lights and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, again, I appreciate the the aesthetic once it's done, but the actual like putting it up and dragging everything out and then cleaning everything up is like, oh, it's a lot. So I'm glad I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's off my plate. And now I can just enjoy the holiday season, bake some cookies, you know, do the do the thing. So, you know, oh, yeah, good, good stuff. We also have the MVP up in Massachusetts, Marco. What's going on, man? How was uh, how was Halloween up north? Good, good. We uh, I, well, I didn't get to do some trick or treat, and I actually stayed behind and passed out candy to the uh, the neighborhood kids. So that was pretty fun. Oh my uh, gosh, you sent you sent the wife with yep. three children out trick or treating by herself. Well, it was my mother in law went with them, so they okay. Had, they had, she had an extra hand with her. But. All right. So, uh, but you know, it was our, it was our first, it's our first Halloween at the new house. So I didn't want to be that, that person in the neighborhood to not, you know, have the light shut off and be the mean old guy that doesn't pass out candy. So I wanted to make I it a point you. to do so. But, yeah, um, kick it off right. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, no, we're, we're keeping it traditional. We're not, no Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. We have to, we can't, no. But yeah, Mar- Marco's got the fall decorations behind yeah, him. Got the, the little the yeah, pumpkin and the gift bags. Yeah, so we're He's trying to we're trying, we're trying to keep the two different fonts behind his head. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Got to have that piece. <laughs> uh, Sheena, uh, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco over running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at Chick Foley Show. dot com. We have our Halloween havoc fuckery super show releasing this weekend so basically we're stitching together all of our halloween havoc bonus episodes for you guys on one um one long episode so you can just sit down indulge binge finish out the the halloween season uh in, in style you know what i mean if you're not ready to 
quite grasp Thanksgiving and, you know, put up your Christmas tree, you can you can extend Halloween just a little bit by listening to that this weekend. So Seth will be putting that together and we will get that out to you guys. Yeah, my thinking on that is for anybody that jumped in late, it's an easy way. You can just press play once and hear the entire series, which was so much fun. Again, shout out to Marco for the awesome idea. Yeah. But two, go ahead and download this thing and you're uh, either through Patreon or in your podcast app if you have the RSS feed set up. And I think it's the perfect way to kick off every October for a wrestling fan. You know, sit down, just hit play. You got you a whole um, Halloween Havoc marathon set up. Make you a little six pack of fall beers and just relax and have us playing as uh, as you're watching these shows on your TV. And I think it'll be a blast. It was a lot of fun reliving some of the highs and lows of WCW Halloween Havoc in the 90s. Uh, Speaking of Marco, tell us what's new with the Pod Foundation this week. Oh, man. As always, uh, Turnbuckle Tavern. They're always pumping out all the uh, all the shows for us. So they, like we say, they're the, they're the workhorses of the uh, the Pod Foundation. So we're very thankful uh, that they're pumping out every week. So we have a new turnbuckle sessions. We have a new uh, visits to tavern this Friday. Uh, new episode of the Turnbuckle Tavern as well. And um, I also joined uh, the Raw Down. Uh, which is a recap show that you just started. I uh, was on episode number two, uh, along with Anthony from the uh, Titan Tron uh, podcast. Awesome. So yeah, that was pretty fun. So I uh, gave uh, the OG fig kid the hot tag because uh, it's usually them too. So I stepped in his shoes and it was just me and Anthony. And we uh, recapped uh, last SmackDown and Raw this week. So that, that was actually really fun. And, you know, anytime I can do that, that's awesome. Um and then uh, I was actually talking to the OG Fig Kid, and I'll probably be uh, hopping on the session soon. So very excited uh, to, to listen look, to that. Is that going to be uh, on the? Uh, is that going to be next week's episode, or are you guys? Uh, is that just some point in the near future? Uh, it might be. I think it's next week's episode. So uh, we'll probably be recording Monday, and then uh, Tuesday you'll you hear from the uh, the MVP and the uh, the staple of the Turnbuckle Tavern, and we'll. Uh, We'll That'll be good. There, I, so. lo- I, lo- I love Tom's sessions. Yeah. yeah if you haven't listened to those show. or if you're not, you know, subscribed to the Turnbuckle feed, definitely go back and listen to those. He's had some great interviews so far, and clearly Marco's going to knock it out of the park, too. So excited for that. All right. Shane, you ready to give away some figures? Oh, yeah. Here we go. I got it behind me for those watching well, on YouTube. I was YouTube looking. Right I was now. like, where's our, where is our figure? <laughs> me and Sheen are splitting off the, uh, the figure display. So we were giving away the Motu Ray Mysterio. All you had to do to win this figure was shoot a screenshot to Sheena or Marco showing that you listened to this week's show. Sheena, you ready to announce the winner? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to hit the drums. All right, and the winner is James Moberg11. No underscores, so super excited to just announce James Moberg. So, Moberg, Mo. Oh, rock guy. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Oh, that 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 went right over my head. I was like, did Seth accidentally hit some audio he wasn't supposed to? I was just going with I was like, okay. As soon as I saw that, so we'll break kayfabe on the show real quick. We drew for the winner on random.org as we do all our giveaways, literally about 90 seconds before we started the show. And uh, when we figured out that that was the the lucky winner for this week, I immediately was like, okay, I got to add this sound drop. You know, <laughs> Moberg's just perfect. If I was him, I would, that's how I would enter my Mo-berg. workplace every single day, getting a Moberg yeah. chant going. <laughs> You've had Goldberg. Now you're going to have Moberg. Yeah. So James, just hit us up in the DMs, either on Instagram or Twitter. Send us your shipping information and we will get that Ray Mysterio figure out to you ASAP. Congrats, dude. 
and we'll kick off the giveaway for next week. It's going to be a legendary one. See what I did there? We got the legends. Bam, bam, Bigelow. ECW version comes with the ECW TV title. This is the first time this belt has been released in the Mattel line. Sick figure. Got the black and gray. Uh, this is from Bam Bam's awesome run in ECW in the late 90s. Uh, this is a sick figure, so you're going to do a little bit more than just shoot a screenshot. This one, uh, you're going to have to drop a review on Apple Podcasts to to win. So shoot a screenshot to Sheena or Marco. Uh, we've done this type of giveaway before, so you guys know if you've already submitted a review, just update it, kick it back up to the top of the queue, You know, write something fresh in there. And if you want multiple entries, grab your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mother, brother, father, lover, anybody, wife, husband, uh, all the above. phones as you, yeah, snatch up everybody's yeah. phones and drop those reviews. <laughs> so no, no limit to how many times you could enter to win, uh, this awesome bam, bam figure. We want to remind you guys for all your action figure purchases to go to ringside collectibles and use code chick Foley to save 10%. You guys ready to get into the show? Let's go. All right, I think we should start with a drink this week. So we're switching up the uh, the typical format. Earlier this week, the wrestling news or the wrestling world was kind of rocked with the news that uh, John Moxley, a, a favorite here at the Chick Foley show, one of my personal absolute favorite wrestlers in the game today, is uh, going into inpatient rehab for alcohol abuse. Uh, you know, this it was pretty shocking hearing the story because uh, we know him and Renee just had uh, their daughter and things were seemingly going great on screen. So uh, shout out to Mox for at least being strong enough to reach out and get help. Seems like looking at Renee's social media and stuff, seems like this was like a preemptive move. Uh, he didn't get, you know, he didn't do the classic celebrity thing of getting a DUI or or making an ass of himself out in public before he went and got help. So shout out to Mox right. for that. And we we always promote responsible use here on the uh, the Chick Foley show. You know, we love to booze it up a little bit, but just, you know, just enough to knock the edge off. Nobody needs to be going out and getting in any kind of trouble or doing anything where it is affecting their personal life. So if you do need help, right. find a way to reach out and uh, we will be right there for you. So with that little, uh, you know, NBC, the more, you know, PSA out of the way, we'll get to our normal beverage break. Uh, Marco, you can kick it off. What, what are you drinking this week? I'm sipping on the uh, just a classic, the uh, Broken Skull uh, IPA. Just I have a, I have a bunch. Wrong. Yeah, every time I every time we go to the liquor store, I always if I see something, if I see one, I'm grabbing it. Um, it's it's not low here yet, um, but I've seen a few stores where there's like one or two cases left, so it might you it know makes you panic. disappear at some point. So I've been trying to stock up as much as I can. And I mean, it's the, it's it's a year long IPA. You can't go wrong. It's you don't have any all, like Tom the Turkey IPA on deck or anything for this Thanksgiving. No, I, You're not going to get festive with it. You know what I mean? I mean uh, not that I know of. I mean, do they have anything like that that I've? I was at Total the, Wine today. It seemed like the. It seemed like it. They jumped. They they pulled a Sheena. They jumped straight from Halloween to Christmas. I didn't see yeah, any big like, displays for uh, like fall. You know, harvest ales or or you know, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe, Pilgrim Pilsner, maybe, nothing like that. Man, <laughs> it was straight to. There were all kinds of Christmas beers already out though. Oh, maybe yeah. wild turkey. Maybe you could do oh, that. Drink a little a, wild turkey. Yeah. yeah. No thanks, but uh, well, that's a good yeah. segue because because uh, me and Sheena are on the uh, the whiskey tonight. Sheena, you want to tell them about this cocktail that I crafted up today? Okay, so um, 
I was actually telling Marco before we started recording the show because he was shaking his head at, at the description of this cocktail that Seth and I are drinking. So I don't even we haven't even come up with a name for it yet, I don't think. But it's so funny because Seth is typically just a pretty straight up guy. Like, you know, he likes some makers and coke, um, Jameson and, you know, just like. And yeah, ginger ale, Jameson and ginger ale, pretty straight up kind of guy if he's not drinking beer, right? But every once in a while, he gets this like wild hair up his ass. And it's usually around Christmas season because he'll come up with these like strange, like sweet dessert type cocktails. Um, You know, we have a drunken gingerbread man that is a, uh, you know, classic in the Phelps family. And now we have this s'morey cookie dough cream uh... soda. What? Maybe the drunken stay puffed. Maybe we'll call it the drunken stay puffed. Oh, the drunken stay puffed. I actually, I actually like that. Yeah, very, very that fitting. Okay, so as we're on the air. Yeah, so we have um, a shot. For me, I have a single. Seth has a double, but um, it's a shot of Doughball whiskey, which we talked about on the show. I think before we were talk- mentioned it, maybe on the the Patreon exclusive. I think that was on Patreon we discuss- with Jordan. Yeah, we were discussing the Doughball whiskey. I looked for it while I was in Kentucky. It's pretty hard to find. So we managed to get our hands on some Doughball whiskey. And then we topped it with... That is the uh, cookie dough flavored whiskey. That's its big gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of worried because sometimes, you know, cookie dough flavor is kind of like, you know, it's either really hit or it's really missed, right? So this is like spot on. It's so good. It's so smooth. And I'm not even a whiskey drinker, um, but we topped it with a little cream soda. And then we to just set it off and make it super bougie. Um, we toasted some marshmallows and then put a, a full sized toasted marshmallow on the top. And the thing about it is, so the, the marshmallow doesn't really like dissolve in the drink or anything, but because I was worried when Seth was like, we're going to toast a marshmallow and throw it on the top of this thing. I was like, why? Why would we do that? As soon as I toast, uh, we did it this afternoon. As soon as I toasted it and put it on there and I put it up to my lips to take a drink, I was like, oh man, the toasted marshmallow really adds to the aromatics of this drink. Like as you're drinking it, you just inhale this like beautiful, toasty sweetness that just reminds you of like campfire goodness. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a home run. So if you can get your hands on some dough ball whiskey, top it with a little cream soda, um, and then toast yourself a marshmallow, like dude, cheers. It's good stuff. These, uh, these, these cocktails similar to the, the drunken gingerbread man, which is, um, maker's mark Coca-Cola and gingerbread syrup. Um, these things are definitely dangerous because this is a double I'm drinking right here. It's 70 proof and I'm getting barely even a hint of uh, like, you know, alcohol burn or anything. Yeah, like I can tell, I can tell the, there's booze the in it, but thing. it's going down very, very smooth. Yeah, that's the dangerous thing because the other night when Seth got it, he brought it to me. And he was like, taste this. And normally like when I'm like, you know, he wants me to taste whiskey. I'm like, oh, hell no. Like I'm not doing that, you know. He's like, come on, come on, just taste it. So I put it up, drink it a little bit. And I was like, damn, that was really smooth. Normally it's like, like, no, not for me. But it was really smooth, even just straight up. So it's dangerous. So proceed with caution, tread lightly. Um, Yeah, this is like a one or two beverage deal. Like, don't be going out and pounding these because it'll be easy for you to just like, you know, over over consume with with this, uh, this goodness. Yeah, it seems like I might be uh, I might be taking the reins on this on this episode. Uh, if, uh, <laughs> Seth has a double. Oh, yeah, yeah it's- the last the last twenty minutes is just going to be Marco just monologue man by himself. Just just <laughs> calling, up, calling up other uh, calling up other Foley fan members on the phone and put them on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, too bad, Chaz. What do you think of those WWE releases? <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of which, we'll get into our story of the week. It was another. Black mm. Thursday. It seems like we've had a few of these this year at this point. Uh, yeah. But news came out around eight o'clock Eastern last night. It seemed like it was hitting um, yeah. that these guys are just gone. You know, a- out of nowhere. Um, 
I'll quickly I'll, I'll run down the list of of the releases right now. So it is Keith Lee, Carrie on Cross, mm-hmm. and Scarlet, Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, Oni Lorkin, B Fab, Ember Moon, Frankie Monet, Mia Yim, Jesse Kamea, uh, and then a few a few prospects down at NXT that kind of really haven't made much of a name yet. And then Harry Smith, which he was just I was actually excited to see what he was going to do. Uh, making his comeback to WWE. We never even saw him on screen anywhere. So, uh, Marco, what were your initial reactions when you saw this news hit? Oh, man. I think everyone had the same re- I mean, the first few that popped up, it was just like, wow, like they were shocking. Obviously, you had like Frankie Monet, who just literally just uh, showed up on NXT. Um, and then Ember Moon was Ember Moon was a pretty big surprise to yeah. me because uh, she just made her comeback. Uh, but then as it went along, obviously, with the, you know, carrying oh, Scarlet was next and then Karrion Cross was sure to follow. Um, obviously, the big surprises were, me, for me, Nia Jax and Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, those are the, the the biggest ones, no pun intended, that were release it, released. Um, but yeah, no, just just a whole, it, it, these are always tough. Cause, it sucks, yeah. Yeah. When they, if someone loses their job, it doesn't matter what job they're in um Mm -hmm. if you find out like a friend or a relative lost a job it's it's tough not saying that these people are friends or relatives but you know you invite them in your home week to week so you you have a connection to them so when you find out that they you know you're no longer going to see them on tv for the time being um and you like to think in your mind that the company like cares about them and you know like values them for all the hard work and how they put their body on the line you know they've shown up and traveled week in and week out and then it's just i mean and then you're you're quickly reminded that it's a business you know like you know we have this nostalgic sentimental feeling toward wrestling and wwe and we think that everything's like hunky-dory backstage and everybody's friends and like fist bumping and hanging out and like you know going to the bar after after the show or whatever but it's like no like it's 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 a business you know and sometimes that business is pretty cutthroat and as of late it's been really freaking cutthroat um which is sad because you know they just had their whatever they call it like their quarterly like investor meeting or whatever yep on thursday and they're like yeah we're making broke records shit yeah, we're making shit tons of money. You know what I mean? Like we're making, I think what like two hundred and fifty six million or something on their earnings call for the uh, the quarterly earnings call. I'm like, that's not a good look. You know, have your quarterly earnings call and talk about how much money you're making, especially after you came right out of Saudi Arabia. And now you're just like putting people on the chopping block. Like it's just, yeah. it's a bad, it's a bad look. And I think it was something like that last time too. I guess it's after the, you know, after their quarterly call. It's always like, you know, who are we going to cut to keep making money? You know. Yeah, because at first I think, it was. Uh, yeah, it, so I, yeah. I think they cut. I, I think they make these cuts to get the balance sheet lined up. That's what they report their financials off of. And then they just drop the news to the releases like right after. So, yeah, this could yeah. end up being something we see regularly from now on. So, mm-hmm. if you're, yeah. if you can on the mid card bubble, you got to be looking a little bit, a little nervous when that, uh, you see that quarterly earnings call coming up. Yeah. Well, you, it, it used to be like every, after every WrestleMania, you would see these, right. yeah. these cuts, but now it's. They still it do like that after this WrestleMania, right? Didn't yeah, they, but it, they had a round no, of But cuts? it would be like, it'd be like it eight or just, nine yeah. people you would see get cut after WrestleMania, and that was it. We're yeah. seeing, you know, now it's dozens. Every quarter. I think it's like 70 wrestlers <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And, yeah. and don't forget. Or 70 talent. I guess not just wrestlers, but 70 like employees. Yeah. You yeah. Because, yeah, I was going to say, don't forget, there were other uh, aspects of WWE employees that were released you know like off people in the office people you know that mm-hmm. work behind the scenes and stuff like the, that so the chief financial not- officer that was on the call yesterday got released today wow 
think about that. The chief financial officer that was on the on the earnings call yesterday got got canned today. So yeah, I don't know and what's it, going on over there. The it was such a just a random list. Like I really wasn't so not taking their actual talent into account. I wasn't that surprised to see Keith Lee and Karrion Cross get released because it's been clear that for whatever reason they the WWE management had soured on them on the main roster. But some of these other people have been in storylines like within the last month, you know, Frankie Monet yeah, was on last week. Yeah. Hit row was like the hottest stable in um, WWE. And now yep. she's just gone like that. That's what really puzzled me. Like in the, it was so many and they were across like the entire card. You know, you had people that were potentially main eventers and cross and Keith Lee all the way down to people we never heard of. It's like, I I feel like there was some sort of like mandate, like to get the, the, the talent salary, like below a certain dollar amount. And they just had to start piecing together salaries to, you know, mm-hmm. to get under that number. Cause it's, some of these just make no sense. So I, I, it, you know, I don't know. I can't make, I can't make heads or tails of it. Um, but it's definitely, it's a tough time to be a WWE fan right now. I really yeah. worry about how much longer NXT is going to keep going on, at least as yeah. a, as a network show, it could I, it could end up going back to Peacock and just be, you know, the next 205 Live at this point with how far um, away they've gone from the NXT of even as recently as a year ago. And I don't know how much longer the brand split's going to go on. Me and Sheena were talking about this last night when the news came out. Um, it's starting to get slim pickings, man. Like, it may be time to just go back to, to one combined roster at this point because it's not a whole lot of guys out there. It seems like they're going to a model of you see some sports teams use where... It, it, you know, it's called the stars and scrubs models, not to call any of the guys scrubs, but basically the philosophy is you have um, a few star players that you pay top dollar to, and then you just fill it out with minimum salary guys. And that seems to be what they're going for. It seems like the, the mid card is getting gutted. I think we're going to see, yeah. you know, maybe eight to 12 main event guys that they really invest in. And then you're going to see a bunch of interchangeable people that they can swap out every, you know, every 90 days or every six months. And, and they I don't know, think people are going to care. That's so sad. Like that doesn't sound like that does not sound like a product that I want to watch. You know what I mean? And you have to also think about what the, what the ripple effect of that is going to be like, what kind of talent is going to want to come to WWE if they're just like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? I'm just going to get cut. Like, you know, WWE used to be like the dream, you know, and now I feel like people I like think that's why they the, went back the, to the NXT. facade is coming ahead, down a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why they went back to NXT being more for developmental. They want to make their own guys. So they have basically a factory down in Orlando that they can crank out people out of their own system. So yeah. they're not worried about recruiting these indie guys. Like if they can just make their own people to churn and, be that that mid card feeder system like I was talking about, you know, for the mid card and the low card. And every once in a blue moon, you find a guy like a Braun Breaker or a guy like a Roman Reigns who's going to be a true blue chipper and you hang on to him. But true. there's thousands of people that would be lining up. <laughs> this You got to look at the supply who? and demand. There are, how many people would, you know, give their right arm to even be on a WWE show right now? They're always going to be out there. And I think WWE's confident enough in their developmental program that they think they can train these guys and make them stars. I'm skeptical of that model, but that's where I believe uh, their head's at on this. I don't know. I think that's a terrible way to go. I can't remember who tweeted it. I saw a tweet earlier today. It was like, um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of. Um, let's hiring a bunch of models and you know sea level athletes or something like that and trying to plug them into wrestling and make them do what we do is not going to turn out very well. Um, yeah, I, I think I've seen that as well. Yeah, it was was basically that, like, I think that may have been Frankie Monet, or I guess we should call her Taya Valkyrie now. I think that's who it was. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe it was her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically the idea behind that is like, you know, just like they did before, just hire a bunch of like, like kind of like bodybuilders or kind of like athletic people and then hey, basically train the them best, in the same exact way. Who's the that's, best that's what she's professional talking about. wrestler not gonna be, in the world right now? Who is the best? Well, that, well she depends on who you ask. Well, well <laughs> she's saying that. Omega or Roman Reigns. Well, you got to think she's saying that there's not going to be a mesh of styles. It's going to be one True. style. It's going to be the mm-hmm. WWE oh, yeah. style. There's not going to be think like that's what a, they want. Yeah. So I mean, which which makes sense. But remember, I, uh, I think like a, a like a while ago, we were talking about like how when this first happened, when they had this mass layoff of people, and we were talking about them like selling the company and blah 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 and all this stuff. And I think I came out and said like WWE because they obviously AEW comes up. Or are they going to go AEW MLW? Um, NWA, like there's there's other organizations that uh, these people or Impact, they can all you know find jobs that way. But for some reason, I, like I said, WWE does not see themselves as a wrestling company. And Stephanie no. McMahon said on that call that WWE stars are compared to Marvel characters. She did not compare them to AEW superstars. So that's that, reaching a little bit. I well, think. Well, no, no, the, the, not even reaching. That she's basically just saying that. They're, they're compared. That's what they see their talent as. They see right. the WWE universe as the Marvel universe. They don't see them as a wrestling universe. Like they're not even looking at like like I said before. They're not looking at AEW as talent or not. Sorry, um, any competition or anything like that. They're in their own like. Sorry, they're trying to compete with like Disney and and like and, and all yeah. the DC and all these people. They're not trying to compete with them. So like, and that's I get that, right there, but I'm like, not here for yeah. that. I'm I. No, I know, but you know, it's not it's not for AEW. me and. You know, I know wrestling fans are so fickle and they literally like, you know, say they're going to cancel their peacock or their network or whatever. Like anytime something doesn't go their way. But I mean, I think there's really going to be a uh, mass exodus pretty soon with like people being like, you know, screw this. Like, why am I going to watch this? You know, like, you know, what, what, why should I invest in this? Like if WWE isn't going to invest anything in me as the viewer, as the commodity that that puts the numbers on you know in their freaking ratings you know what i mean like if they're not going to invest anything in me then why the hell am i watching this you know and sometimes i feel like i'm a glutton for punishment you know when you when you watch but it's just like at at what point are you just going to be like they're going to have like Seth said they're going to have those top eight or nine guys that are on the show all the time and they're going to just like cycle in a bunch of like scrubs you know quote-unquote scrubs not actual you know like i'm not trying to be offensive but yeah, yeah cycling like, those scrubs and I mean and who who wants to see that I think we I think we spoke with that about that before too like uh like a while back just like taking a core of like the faces that people know and see week to week like the Roman Reigns Charlotte Flair um Seth Sasha Rollins. Banks Bailey Seth Rollins like all these people that like that's they're like a it's like a TV show yeah so you see these characters cast of characters week to week and you're you're familiar with them and then like Seth said, you have these other people that like they shuffle out like these um these add on characters these like supporting Vaughn characters Wagner. if you want to say yeah, yeah like a, exactly you have you, you have your like say we'll take Seinfeld you take your Seinfeld you have Seinfeld <laughs> Elaine George Kramer, but, you know, that's, that's but then the you thing have all the other love, surrounding though. people Newman I mean <laughs> well the thing like. about the thing about <laughs> Seinfeld Leo. and stuff like that is even after like you like you still get stuff in Seinfeld where it pays off like you know they they mention stuff in episodes that happened like way back when you know what I mean yeah. you still get those bits of nostalgia whereas if you're just rotating like a cycle of people through you're not going to have that you know and that's one thing that we I feel like us as this generation like we collectively love about wrestling is that 
storytelling and the 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 callbacks and the Easter eggs yep. and the you know all of that kind of stuff that happens and the surprises that we get when legends show up and you know um, when when um, talent um, you know do callbacks to to classic matches in the ring and stuff like that like that's the stuff we love. And that's not that's going to be non-existent with this new format if that's the direction that they go in. So I think you got to remember, we are really a small, small sliver of the WWE audience, the hardest of the hardcore fans. There are people that um, I've known through like work who will tell me like, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. And then I get to talking to them and they never even had WWE Network. They don't have Peacock. They literally just watch Raw and SmackDown every week on TV. There is a humongous chunk of people that that is how they consume the product. They just watch the weekly TV. And I think that's who they're catering it for. I think WWE knows they've been such an institution on TV for literally decades now that they can just roll out anything with the WWE logo on it. And they're going to get, you know, 600, 700, 800,000 viewers every single week. And that's so valuable nowadays with the entertainment like audience so fractured across all the different options that we have now, literally, you know, anything that any movie or TV show that's ever been out is at your disposal to watch. Um, I think the fact that WWE still has that reliable audience week in and week out, it just makes them so valuable to advertisers that they don't care. And they're going to get their, their talent salaries down or their, their overall payroll down as low as possible just to, to bump up that uh, that that profit and loss sheet and, and get that stock price going true, up, but it's but it's yeah, us. It it's the it's the hardcore of the hardcore that show up and buy tickets to the shows, and we're the audience in person. It's not the casual viewer that's just watching Raw and SmackDown on TV. You know what I mean? Like we're the but ones that show up. Shown to the- that they can ditch. They can ditch the live audience, and yep. the year of the Thunderdome was the most profitable year in WWE history. Yeah, they really they, don't need us, man. They they no, showed. They I mean, I think Vince McMahon was licking his chops yeah. at that. I, I, you know, Stat Guy Greg on Cheapy that we love. He he had mentioned it that you know he thought it was better because they could control the crowd reaction. I feel like Vince McMahon, if you held him down and got him to tell you the honest truth, I think he'd say he loved being in the Thunderdome because he didn't have to worry about the live audience, you know, turning against what he was trying to make happen. He had total control over everything. So yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, definitely we, a weird time to be. A how wonderful fan. that was. Well, yeah, yeah you got to think too. If if that was a case, and like you know, you could keep everyone. You you don't have to release people if you if you're going to go the Thunderdome route. You know, if you're not relying on the crowd and what they're going to react to and stuff like that, you could keep everyone on board and not have to worry about that stuff. But true. Um, but then if you're not if you're not like selling out stadiums and stuff, you don't have you know what I mean. Like you don't need to keep all that payroll that you know well, bloated payroll. But the other thing too is like they're on that they're, they're still on that old model of like like contract like workers like they can re- they they have the right to just release anyone if they want to no one's under a union yeah. or anything like that so they're not protected in a sense where if you know they you know they can't be fired or they can't be released they can just release whoever they want right. um, and I know there's I forget the lawyer's name there's a lawyer that's actually trying to like you know get a union going for Andrew Yang uh, WWE so, Andrew yes, Yang yeah. He's actually for the past like couple of years, I believe, he's been trying to get something going, like a, pretty much a case going against against Vince McMahon, the WWE, just so like so that stuff doesn't happen. Uh, so these mm-hmm. so these people are protected when that when that does because it is going to happen. I'm not trying to say if I'm going to say when it does happen again. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it is going to happen, which is which is kind of sad. But um, the other thing too, I thought about as well is we talk about like all these like cast of characters and the recurring roles and all this stuff. They remember these 
I mean, they I don't think Michael Cole says it anymore, but they used to call Raw the longest running weekly episodic show yeah, on TV. Show. Yeah. Episodic, meaning episodes, meaning cast of characters, meaning recurring characters. Like they like they're putting all this stuff out there, like sports entertainment, all these like key phrases, um, episodic television, um, sports entertainment, like they're they're kind of like shine it like obviously Vince McMahon hates wrestling like the word um, it baffles me that wrestling is still in the company's name which is kind of strange but like you can see like all these key phrases that they throw out there that they are separating themselves from the from professional wrestling sports entertainment yeah which is what yeah. AEW represents so I think right. the good thing about it is if you want to watch professional wrestling people are going to go to AEW to watch that if you want to watch episodic Sports entertainment, people are gonna go to WWE. There's gonna be there's gonna be a market for both. One's not gonna like tank or or leave because anyone that's a hardcore wrestling fan is gonna go to AEW because there's familiar faces there and they're putting on the product that a hardcore wrestling fan would want to see is like just great ass wrestling and mm-hmm. and, and a pretty decent storylines, nothing too intricate. Um, we spoke about this before with AEW. There, all their storylines are interconnected in a way where. Um, right. There's a, there could be a bunch of people that can split off and have their own storyline, but they do it in a way which is pretty perfect. So I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird time to be a <laughs> be a wrestling fan because you know you, yeah as an adult now anyway you 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 start to care more for the people that do get released like when uh like you know when Scott Hall and Nash left we were younger we're like uh, oh they're going to WCW whatever but now it's just like what if they got released now and there was like nowhere to go. Yeah. Well, you don't really think about that when you're a kid. You don't really think about like, you know, this person has this skill set. This person is a professional wrestler, right? Like that's their Mm skill set. There's really not a lot you can do with a professional wrestling skill set outside of being a professional wrestler. Sure. They have like, you know, they do promos and they have a little bit of acting chops, you know, if you want to call it that. But it's a well, yeah, they could do it. They could do a podcast in the, in the world of like, you know, billions of other podcasts. But, um, I just feel like, yeah, as an adult, it hits a little harder because you're just like, yeah. well, damn, you know what I mean? But then you also can't really feel that sorry for him because you're like, you make a shit ton of money. And here yeah. we are, you know, we're living <laughs> on like a middle class income. We're doing just fi- like, you know, I, I can't feel yeah. too bad for you. You know, like you should have put some shit in the bank <laughs> while you had it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, again, no, nobody likes to see anybody lose their job. But, uh, you know, I also feel like if you're in if you're a WWE superstar of any sort, um, you need to be like, you know, getting some insurance plans and getting some, uh, you know, savings account yeah. build up because you never know, you know, your head, your if, head could be on the freaking chopping get block released, day. Yeah. If Bray can get released, anybody can get released. I think, yeah, I think Roman, Seth and Becky are really the only people who are a hundred percent, like nothing to worry about. I would have said, uh, and Seth, honestly, like as much as I hate to say it, I think being attached to Becky is what is what's keeping him safe. Um, I would have said Charlotte, uh, you know, a couple months ago, but I feel like with all the headaches she's caused, it would not shock me one bit to wake up one morning and see, you know, WWE has come to terms on the release of of Charlotte Flair. We wish her the best on her future endeavors. I I could see it coming. Um, Let's get away from some of the business and uh, and philosophical talk. And and let's just talk about the wrestlers. who do you, who was your individual? Who was the biggest surprise you saw on that list? I, to me, I'll start and I'll go with B fab. I just thought hit row was so ready to go on the main roster. I thought they could have been one of the acts that were actually better on the main roster than they were on NXT. And she was a big part of that, even though she had a ways to go in ring. I thought she just added to the vibe so much 
and was a really cool part. You know, it's always unique when you have a mixed gender stable and Hit Row was really pulling it off. So I think that's going to be a, a real hit on them. Pardon the pun. But uh, BFAB was my most surprising. How about you, Sheen? Um, you know, I guess it's not it's not surprising considering like his his absence, you know, like he's kind of been um, hit and miss and with all the things that they've done to his character over, you know, they, I'm going to say Keith Lee. Uh, so you guys know what I'm talking about. But Keith Lee, <laughs> you know, they changed his look. They changed, you know, the music, the facial hair, everything about it, and they really stripped away everything that we knew and love of him, you know, with his his NXT gimmick. But I mean, dude, at one point, I mean, he was like the top of the mountain. You know, he was like the the champ champ. You know, in NXT, he uh, he had an awesome, awesome moments at the Rumble and Survivor Series. And I just feel like they they could have strapped the rocket to him and he would have just been like, you know, we got Big E, who is this amazing, lovable babyface champion. But you have Keith Lee, who is a guy who like doesn't have to overcome the same obstacles that Big E has to overcome. And the fact that like Keith Lee was never tied to a tag team. So people aren't going to automatically assume, you know, like associate him with a faction or a tag team. He, he was never like the goofy clown jokester. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big hurdle that Big E's had to come overcome. You know, like Keith Lee is just a badass. He's built like a brick shit house. He can go in the ring, like everything about him is just incredible. And he's a, he's a guy that you want your kids to look up to, you know, like when he was doing his rounds on the, the WWE, like media circuit, you know, talking to all the after shows and all that stuff. He is just such a likable guy, you know, and the fact that they couldn't make it work with him really makes me question like what the hell is going on and what they, what they want, you know? So, I mean, again, they want to build their own people. I get that, you know, and he was Keith Lee before he was Keith Lee in WWE, but yeah, that that was just a surprise to me. I thought surely they were going to try to make it work, but guess not. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Tony Khan, I'm on the phone with Keith Lee like 30 seconds after I see that news pop on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I think he, out of everybody that's been released, I think he is ready to go and make just a gigantic splash on on AEW. Uh, Marco, mm-hmm. how about you? What was your biggest surprise? Um, I was I was going to say Keith Lee as well, but uh, we actually spoke about. Uh, on the raw down, we actually spoke about how impactful Hit Row was going to be on on SmackDown. Like we we thought they were going to you know push them to the moon essentially um, as one of the like the key factions there. But obviously we we spoke too soon on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely Keith Lee was a a really really big surprise. I was going to say Karrion Cross, but not really surprised as you know you know Scarlett wasn't on TV with them and yeah you know they had that gimmick change and. All that stuff. So I really that wasn't really surprised. The biggest surprise to me was Naya. Yeah. Was Naya Jax. Like her, you know, I put po- I shared a, that post in the in the group chat of her, like, you know, saying, you know, she asked for time off uh for, you know, to take up some time off for some mental mental health mental stuff. Mental health and, issues, yeah. Yeah, and she like, you know, she asked for more time and then obviously they denied that and then pretty much released her after that. So like um, and I, I spoke about this before, just her like having that like weird, you know, thing with Charlotte just a month ago and then having this happen to her was kind of like almost like hitting your ducks in a row essentially. It was just like like a matter of occurrences that happened to her. And, yeah, yeah. I mean she felt I like know, a WWE lifer like, for sure. Just she came yeah, up through their people, developmental yeah, and I just I, I never really too. saw her leaving, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't see she her leaving, like but the, there has been plenty of times when I'm like 
get Naya out of here. Not that I want anybody to lose yeah. their job, but after you know, yeah. I mean, Naya is a liability sometimes. And uh, yeah, I, I've I've called for her to like get the heck out many many times. Um, and she's like, you know, injured and hurt and almost injured people. Um, but yeah, I'm sad to hear yeah. that she's like had some mental health struggles. And I can only, you know, I, I'm sure there's lots of other people that probably have that, you know, that same thing. But they're too scared to take time off. You know, Le- Naya was a big enough deal that she could at least ask for time off. There's probably lots of people that are low on the totem pole that are struggling that like are like, oh, shit, I can't ask for time off. Like, you know, no way, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, I think, uh, yeah. We also, we spoke about this a little bit too. Like we talked about like, you know, your connections uh, within the company that's going to, you know, kind of keep you, keep you there. Like obviously, you know, Roman Reigns, the Usos, their family lineage with uh, the Rock, with, with WWE. But the, the other thing too is a Rock, like, so I, I do, I like to do a lot of research. So like, did you guys know that the Rock is not actually like blood relatives with them? Yeah, he's, he's their, their cousins, but they're not. Cousins, like they're, they're cousins. Yeah. They're like yeah. about like a handshake cousins. Yeah. Naya is literally the only one that's blood relative to the rock out of all those people there. So that goes to show you having someone in there, like having having someone in good like grace with the company doesn't necessarily keep you on the roster, essentially. Uh, um, hey, speaking <laughs> of uh speaking of family connections keep you on the roster, can we get a uh a slow clap? Tamina has survived another oh, round man. of roster yeah. cuts. Somehow, you know, it's been so long that you know she she did have her tag team title run this year, but she has seemed yeah. so expendable for so long. Uh yeah. I, I'm happy for her, you know, but that yeah. just goes to show you how big of a star. <laughs> Jimmy Snuka was as problematic as we know his legacy is nowadays. Yep. That's how big of a star he was and how loyal Vince McMahon is to, uh, to the super fly that Tamina is hanging oh, on man. after oh all this time. Uh, you guys <laughs> talked about the, the Usos and Roman Reigns. You know, the third Uso debuted on NXT this week. Uh, Solo yes. Sokoa made his debut yeah. in a uh, squash Impressive. match. So very excited to see what he does. You know, they, it, it's weird because, They've hinted at it a little bit, but they have never like overtly mentioned about Braun Breaker being a Steiner, and they stayed away from uh, from Solo Sokoa being mentioned as you know part of the Usos and the yep. the Anawai family, which is is weird because I feel like when Roman Reigns was coming up, we were just bashed over the head with you know the the fact that he was the Rock's cousin. I feel like that's all yeah. we heard about. Yeah. Um, so. It's weird that they're taking a different philosophy. I feel like that stuff's still going to come out. I feel like it's only a matter of time before Braun Breaker becomes Rex Steiner, and uh, yeah. you know we see Solo Sokoa become you know, Solo along, Uso or it. something. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the prediction game. So another round of cuts mm. with some some big names mixed in. I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. So I want to know who you think the next former major champion to get released is going to be, and by that I'm classifying. You know, the WWE or the Universal Champ, either of the Women's Championships, and then we'll extend it down to NXT with the NXT Championship or NXT Women's Championship. So who do you think the next former major champ to get released is? I'll start. I think former NXT Champ Bobby Roode will be the next big name to go. Um, mm. I just feel like he's he's another guy who had a super awesome NXT run and... It never quite connected the way we thought it would on the main roster. He really he's another one of those guys that got boiled down to they really simplified his gimmick to just be in the glorious entrance music uh, yeah. when he was a little bit more of a complex character on NXT. And even though he's had some success on the main roster, again, it never quite hit like we thought it was going to. Um, I would not be shocked at all within the next six months to see him 
um, get released and go back to, uh, you know, impact and do some really big things. Uh, Sheena, what about you? Um, I'm going to say this may, this may come as a shock. I'm going to say Finn Balor. I could see Finn Balor getting released. Um, I feel like, I feel like Vince has really been sour on him ever since uh, he he messed up his arm during that SummerSlam match when he became Universal Champion. I feel like he's never really regained that same level of like, I don't want to say star power because he definitely has the presence and the star power, but just that that, that sense of the, belief, the yeah, and momentum, you know. And they gave he's him had the biggest this weird, yeah, he's had this weird thing. You know, he went back down to NXT. He came back to the main roster. He had that, you know, great match with Roman where it ended kind of funky. And then it's just like, I feel like they don't really know what to do with him. And I think it's just going to eventually lead to ultimately just him, you know, hitting the chopping block. So I hate to say it. I hate to see it. But I can totally um, like envision Finn being uh, like a big, you know, a big cut here in the near future. Finn would be so freaking awesome to see back in uh, AEW. Like, that would be incredible. Yeah. Uh, Marco, how about you? What's your pick? Man, uh, this is this is this is a tough one. But I think if you want to go real big, just to, just for shits and giggles, then you got to go Charlotte, right? Mm. Yeah, to mm-hmm. be the next the next one to be cut or fired. Um, like we spoke about this before. It's just it's it's all in alignment. Her father is on the outs with WWE. Obviously her fiance is in another organization. Um, and a lot of people think like Ric Flair is probably going to be, you know, signing with AEW or doing something with them in the near future to make it, you know, you know, solidified. So, I mean, once that happens, I mean, does, I mean, I think, sh- I think she'll be gone. Just like, just all the stuff that's happened in the, like the past few months, like, like we spoke about this before with, with, uh, with Naya and then with Becky and then all these stories you're hearing about, uh, with her just isolating herself from the locker room and not being friendly with anyone and all that. Yeah, uh, you know, but even all- with all that stuff, you know, it's so crazy. You hear those things, you hear those rumors, but like it's going to be, it really will be a shock to the system and like a, you know, a, a freaking lightning bolt to the the wrestling world when WWE releases Charlotte Flair. Like that's going to yeah. be huge, man. Like insane. She's ready to and- go. She's already got Ashley Flair trademark yeah. and uh, Queen of Wrestling trademark. So yeah, she's, yep. she's yeah, already she's making moves her, yeah. to get set up for it. So yeah. like it, 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 this is like the when that when it when it does. I'm not gonna say if when it does happen when she does uh, make her exit from WWE. That's gonna be the. I, I don't want to say it's the nail in the coffin for WWE, but that's gonna elevate the women's division in AEW. Dude, and I'm telling you like right now, they level. dude WWE. I mean, I don't know who we obviously don't know who will end up in in AEW and all that, but I mean, letting go of Ember Moon and freaking Ty Valkyrie, like you know what I mean? Like you're just like they could slowly start building that freaking women's division in AEW because I, I mean, mean they're eventually they're gonna have Naya to start padding Jade and and Britt and no I don't want to yep. see Nia down there. Um, no, Jade, I, I want her. You, you got to get the Nia Nyla Rose uh, dream match. That's what <laughs> no, I've been waiting for. No, that sounds terrible. That no, sounds great. No, I, I've seen enough like Samoan Hogan drops. Warrior. I think I can handle. You know what I mean? Like I, I, if I've seen, <laughs> seen one Samoan drop, you've seen them all. So like <laughs> I'd rather see Nia. I, I would I would love to see Nia in AEW because I feel like AEW really. Similar to ECW back in the day, they allow everybody to um, 
to they accentuate the strengths of everyone instead of or yeah. it feels like sometimes WWE they want every, they push everybody to try to be like The Rock or Steve Austin this all around superstar. I think AEW does a good job of accentuating people's strengths. I think a cool role for Nia would go to be like a China for somebody. We don't necessarily need to see her in the ring, but she does got some they can enforce her. Yeah, she's got some. She's obviously got the presence and um, she's entertaining. It's just sometimes the in ring work isn't quite My there. Whole... I'd like to see her go and be like the bodyguard for oh. uh, you know for a male wrestler. Woman. I think that would be cool. Kind of bring back the yeah, China dynamic cool. for Nia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. I just, again, and this this is no shade to Naya. I think Naya's probably a nice girl, but um, I just, she's just not it for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she just doesn't do it for me. All right. So uh, I know these guys are going to have a ton to say on uh, over the next couple of weeks because there's nothing they love more than a bash WWE. Let's hear from the two bad chads. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Those guys are resident AEW experts. They got to be licking their chops, thinking about all the talent that is uh, heading their way down to Jacksonville. All right, Mm -hmm. we're going to kick off the Royal Rumble segment. We're doing something a little bit different this week. So we got a big list of freshly released talent. We're going to do a draft. It's going to be two rounds, but we're going to let Sheena and Marco make their picks for who they would snatch up out of these, uh, these fresh talents hitting the streets. It's Sheena's show, so she's going to get first pick. Sheena, are you ready? Let's go. All right, uh, you have 30 seconds, and the first pick in the draft is? Keith Lee. Uh, you know, I feel like he's the golden goose of this crop of releases to me. Uh, he's just like, he's just a treasure. And, you know, he's a big man with a unique build. He has a presence. He moves like a dude half his size, you know. Um, he, he's just a champion, like I said earlier, that you want your kids to look up to. He's not, like, breaking kayfabe a little bit. He's not, not a troublemaker. Like, you, you know you can trust in this guy. Um, he's just going to raise the bar at any company that he's a part of. And he's going to be allowed the opportunity to do genuine Keith Lee things. Some would say he's limitless. He's limitless. Yeah. All right, Marco, you're up. The second pick of the draft is. Uh, I think you got to go with the, uh, the second pick, uh, would be carrying cross. I believe, uh, mm. which you can go back to Killer Cross. He doesn't have to be carrying anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was going to say Scarlet, but you can, they're, they're going to be a package. They can go together. Yeah, I'll give yeah, you they're, both they're going together. together. Um, and any, any company that gets both of them, um, especially if they keep that type of, uh, that entrance that they had in NXT, um, it, it, it's going to be amazing. Scarlet herself, she's, she's also a wrestling fan. I her, her skill set, but yeah, definitely they're, they're the second pick. Yeah, Damn, he hit you with a double wrap it up okay. music. All right, jeez. That was a total accident, but that is a pretty good idea. If uh, one of you guys are just <laughs> carrying on and on on the Royal Rumble segment, so. <laughs> All right, the uh, Sheena, the third pick of the draft is. It's got to be my girl Ember Moon. Uh, she's gonna make any women's division better. She's just she's a legit athlete. She's just she's got the look. She's 
she's a badass. Got a unique build again. Built like a brick shit house. The, got an amazing finisher. Like the Eclipse is just incredible, you know. And also just a really strong move set. Like I just feel like when she hits you, like it hurts, you know. Um, and so yeah, she can straight up go in the ring. I love everything about Ember. I can't I can't wait to see her get her opportunity to truly shine. Yeah, Ember's awesome. Um, Bailey. And Sasha from TakeOver Brooklyn 2015 always is the one that always gets mentioned as the best women's match ever. But don't sleep on Ember Moon and uh, and Asuka from TakeOver Brooklyn 2017. That was the day after our son Brett was born. I was, mm-hmm. you know, Sheena was asleep in bed and I was I had I was watching TakeOver on my laptop in the hospital room while holding uh, our little guy, you know, less than 24 hours old. And I, I had it super quiet because um Sheena was sleeping, obviously, you know, to, it was, you know, somewhat of a physical exertion having have a kid. A baby. I know, I know you probably, drug you probably free. understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely. But, uh, yeah. Medication. But yeah, free. I just remember being like totally captivated by this match because Asuka was going on this such an epic undefeated streak and you just, you thought Ember was just going to beat her, but it still didn't quite work out. So yeah, definitely go back and check that one out if you, if you want to watch a really awesome women's match this week. All right, Marco, last pick in the draft, number four, and your selection is... Uh, I'm gonna go with BAM. Um, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, like I mean, obviously Keith Lee. I mean, you get. I'm not gonna say they're a package because they never really like you know. Obviously, they're together, but uh, I think I think she did get to showcase her abilities uh, when she did get put in that horrible retribution mm-hmm. angle at all. <laughs> um, I think she was gonna feud with. Uh, I think it was like Xavier Woods at one point, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah, no, she's she's definitely a, a good. Draft, yeah, we definitely. didn't we didn't really talk a lot about Mia Yim uh, in this episode talking about the layoffs. But yeah, that was I mean, not that it was a shocking layoff, but dude, I, I feel like she has so much more to offer than what we were able to see in uh, in, in WWE because she was I, I love Mia Yim in NXT. So uh, yeah. I hope she does land the somewhere. HBIC. Where, yeah, the and HBIC. And also before we uh, hop over, um, I know I picked Charlotte as my uh, as my next person to go, but we also forgot to talk about this person. There's been kind of like hinting things. Kevin Owens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been kind of him. throwing out the, the – a lot of people caught the Mount Rushmore um, uh, thing that he said, which is which is obviously him and the Bucks mm-hmm. uh, and Adam Cole when they were on the Indies. That was the name of their group or whatever. Uh, actually, well, Big E mentioned the, the Mount Rushmore. Um, he would be he amazing said, in AEW. Yeah, yeah, he said something. I don't, you know, I don't care if it's going to be three months or three years. I have left on my contract, blah, blah blah. So like, he's been throwing out little tidbits here and there. I don't think he'll get released, but I think when his contract is up, he'll probably. It's like what next year, right? Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll three months. Be Supposedly, going. I think January is what I've been hearing. January, his contract oh, wow. expires. So, yeah, we can see yeah, him in so AEW. I think he's that would soon. be. Uh, that would be so awesome. I Roy- feel like Royal Rumble's going to be a little light. This year, if you uh, next oh, year, God. if you uh, look at it, <laughs> it's gonna be like fifteen men, fifteen women. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna rumbles. cut it down to a fifteen man <laughs> rumble. It's gonna be one rumble intergender, you know, fifteen women, fifteen yeah. men. Oh, man, that'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, the show's been a little heavy so far, talking about all the releases, talking about Mox going into rehab. Uh, we're gonna yeah. keep it heavy, but in a, in a fun way. Sheena, it's we're less than three weeks away from Thanksgiving. Which Thanksgiving food are you most looking forward to this year? Oh, my answer is always the same. It's always the the stuffing or the dressing, whatever you want to call it. I know they're two different things, but dude, that is that is the centerpiece of 
the meal. Like I, you, I like turkey, but I like a little bit of turkey with my stuffing. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a meat flavored bread. Like what more could you ask for? You know, it's so freaking good. It's filling. You can eat it warm. You can eat it cold. You can slap it on a sandwich after the, like it's just versatile and delicious. Yeah, it really ties the whole meal together. So it's like it's the mm-hmm. foundation for everything else. You know, you could really yeah, kind of just take a little bite of, you could line yeah, your whole and, plate with stuffing and then just put everything else on top of it and you're good to go. Oh, yeah, it's actually not a bad idea. Good like idea. create a base <laughs> layer of stuffing and then like just like cut, when you because when you cut through like your mashed potatoes, there will already be a layer of stuffing on the bottom. Like I, uh, that is that's a one plan. Of- yeah, I is, yeah, that's one of the things uh, me and Sheena connected on a while back when we yeah. were like, we asked that same question. You know, it was like, what's your favorite, um, you know, besides turkey, what's your favorite Thanksgiving meal? It was not even stuffing? besides turkey. Like, I, like it, turkey's not even in the, not even in the question. You know what I mean? Stuffing, there's so many different types of stuffing too that yeah. people make. There's so many different ingredients and different ways you can make it. It's, oh, yeah. It's if the you most could just versatile. do like a stuffing bar where it's just like all different types of different stuffing and dressing, you know, like different flavor profiles. Like, you know, they got like the oyster stuffing, like, you know, people make the White Castle oh, stuffing man. like we did last year. And then there's like classic stuffings. I mean, they got like cranberries and shit. And I'm like, I'm here for it all. Give I mean, it all to me. They should make a Thanksgiving uh, restaurant. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. That would yeah, be good. Well, a good idea. I mean, it would be good. But then it's like once you have it, you know what I mean? Like. How are you going to... Well, no, but gonna... I mean, you have like multiple varieties, you know, you got like, you know, five or six different varieties of turkey you can order, like 10 different varieties of stuffing, like, oh, man. you, you don't have like six ham. items, but you could have a bunch of varieties of them. Yeah. You ham. could do mac yeah. and cheese stuffing. You could do like, that's actually sounds really good. Mac yeah. and cheese stuffing. Or just keep it, make it a buffet, uh, make it Golden Corral style. There's, somebody needs to experiment with a Thanksgiving buffet year round. I think it would work. I think a thanks. There's a lot I of big people Thanksgiving in America. Truck could work. You know what I mean? Like it because it, then it could travel yeah. around to different areas. You're not always stationary. You know what I mean? Like once you Thanksgiving out in one area, you can head to another area, and they're like, "Oh crap! <laughs> it's like July. Like the Thanksgiving <laughs> truck is here." You know what I mean? So you know, make it make it mobile so that you can just keep it keep the vibe alive. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry actually having this conversation. <laughs> no, right. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of like stuffing now. Jeez, Wawa's got their gobblers back. We, we might be uh, doing some DoorDash gobblers after the show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, let's get to some action figure talk. All right, when you hear that Ric Flair drip hit. You know, it's time for the figure four. Let's keep it going with the recent releases. Sheena, you can go first. What is your favorite action figure from the list of WWE superstars that were released this week? Oh, mm, okay. Let me think real quick. Definitely not Eva Marie. Man, Nia Jax, as much as I bagged on her this uh, this show, she's got some excellent freaking elite figures. Um, I don't know which one is my favorite. That recent one that she just had... Uh, it's pretty freaking epic. Mm. No, I'm going with her first elite. I'm going to go with the the Nia Jax with the the braids, and then she's got like the the fro in one, right? That yeah, it had yeah. three different uh, three different head sculpts. Head sculpts. Yeah, one I'm gonna go with that one. Yeah, she I had like that, her regular that was one of the hair. first. Yeah, that was one of the first with multiple head sculpts included in a figure. So great yeah. pick, Marco. How about you? Dang, I was gonna go with I was gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nia Jax as well. I was gonna go with Karrion Cross because that one's actually really awesome as well. Um, and the Keith Lee's pretty good, but I'm gonna go with Nia Jax because I seen a picture earlier of um, uh, uh, I think it was like Enzo posted a picture of 
uh, it was him and Naya. They were like looking at, they were like staring at each other, and she's wearing the, uh, she had the the braids look, those like pink braids. Yeah, and that head sculpt looks exactly like. Oh yeah, it's, it's spot, spot on. on. I don't, yeah, I think it's been a better head. I'm not sure. I mean, I'd have to look at my collection, but what's a better head sculpt than that one of her? Like it looks. Yeah, we were talking about that's like figure that was like figure of the year. I can't remember if it came out in what 2019 or 2018. When I can't remember, Uh, but uh, 2018, uh, 2019. Yeah, it's 2019. Yes, and we were like, this is one of the best figures of the year for sure. That's insane. That 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 head sculpt is ridiculous. Even the Afro one's uh, really good as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Naya. Like I said, I was gonna go with Carrion, but. I'm going to go with Naya. She, that, that one's just insane. What about you, Seth? So that was uh, both of you guys had good picks, but I'm here to tell you that both of you guys gave the wrong answer to this question. You're probably going to need to fire up your Google machine because I'm going oh way boy. back oh to boy. Elite 7. All right. Buried in that list of releases was Harry Smith. Back in the day, oh, yeah. he was in a little tag team known as the New Heart Foundation with Tyson. Oh, yeah. Tyson. Elite 7. Mm-hmm. David Hart Smith. So you got the son of the British Bulldog, direct descendant of the Hart Foundation, in the black and pink gear with a soft good shirt. He also there's also a matching Tyson kid to go along with yep. it, and you can put pretty much any natty with him to make the new I, Hart Foundation. I don't like that Tyson with the with the uh, oh my god the, the peacock or the rooster like the, hair. He looks like one of the who's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the hairstyle's <laughs> off, but the color, the, just the the Hart Foundation gear just makes up for it. So. I've always been a big fan of uh, that that tag team set of figures. So yeah, Elite Seven David Hart Smith was mine. I know I was going a little bit off the reservation with yeah. uh, with, with that. I thought pick, you were going to say uh, Ember Moon's NXT Elite. That's another great figure. I'm not so a huge I was really fan. Yeah, that's actually a really good one. Really? I mean, I, I, thought it was I, I, mean, good. I, I like it was the little cool. thing over the face. Hold on a second. I got it back here. Uh, we'll show it off real quick for the viewers on YouTube. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it just looks really good. You know, it's got like all her little like um, not loincloth. I don't know what you would even call her little. Um, Tr- belt that she wears but yeah the vest yes and it then is the a little figure the mask it's got the, stuff. The, the glowing eyes the mask and everything but i don't know it it seemed a little small to me the articulation is kind of weird on it so i thought i always felt like there was a better ember moon to be made but obviously we're never going to mm-hmm. get it now unfortunately Sad. so yeah david hart smith you never know we is, might get a you know unmatched or an unrivaled you know true um yeah true uh, our friends over at the Major Wrestling uh, Figure Podcast, they are dropping the Major Bendies here coming soon. Marco, are you in on this line? Are you going to be picking these up? Uh, probably. I mean, there's a. Uh, I mean, they they really they uh, announced series two as well uh, recently with like Dan Housen mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a, Conrad. And, yep, Conrad and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the series one is pretty. The series one is obviously the core. Yeah, Hornswoggle. Uh, uh, guys of the uh, of the podcast are like Hornswoggle, uh, Matt Brian, Brian and, uh, yep. Mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. So I mean, I do have the uh, I do have the major Bendy's. Uh, I mean, I do have the Bendy uh, Rock, the Bendems, mm-hmm. uh, the Rock one. So I mean, they're pretty cool. And I seen it. Uh, they actually had when I went to that uh, live show. They actually had one um, in person. I think it was the oh, nice. I think it was the the Smart Mark one that they had. Um, they look pretty cool, so I mean, yeah, I they're might, cool. I might grab, I might, I might grab, I might grab the first series if anything. If, uh, if, if I mean, I worst case scenario, them. you already know if you grab them and decide you don't want them, there's a major mark out there that will uh, oh, take man. them off your hands. Yeah. So, uh, of course, you know, yeah. you never yeah, have to I'm worry about that right being now. stuck with them. 
I was a I was a big fan of the Bendems back in the day. They were really the line that bridged the gap between Hasbro and uh, Jack's Bone Crunching Action. They were all we had yep. for for a while. Like the you know around ninety five ninety six, it was just the Bendems. That was the only new WWF figures that were dropping. And I do have plans eventually to go back and piece together a little bit of a Bendems collection. And I feel like I'm going to need these as part of it. But I don't know when that's going to be. That could end up being years from now by the time I start on that Bendems collection. Yeah. So. I'll probably, uh, I'll well, probably make already, my mind up. I already know you. I know you. If you get these major bendies, like you're going to immediately start looking for original bendums. Like, right. I, like I, you're to not going to be able to have, order. yeah, you're not going to be able to have these like, like stray, like four yep. bendums and be like, oh no, I'm not going to go back and get, you know, the, the originals. Like it, that, yeah. it just couldn't happen. You either, you either got to like Dang. get them or like don't. You know, yeah, Sheena's one hundred percent right. So last time we were home in Kentucky, I went through my huge tote of bone crunching action figures, and basically salvaged all the ones that were still collection worthy, like basically the guys who didn't get pushed a lot in my fig fed, so the figures were still in good condition. And I brought them back with me, and they're actually up in a a bag up in the top of my of my closet, just out of the way. Because if I look at them, I'm gonna want to go ahead and start pulling, uh, you know, yep. other bone crunching action figures off of uh, eBay. So. So I'm just holding off. So yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a uh, a uh, compulsion for me to to start putting together a collection once they're out there. So I'm probably going to hold off when these drop and just hope that the resale doesn't go up too high on them. But we'll see. They do look great. The carding looks awesome on them. They look like they're going to fit in great with the original Bendems with the the kind of skinny lower body and the the bulked up upper body. So I'm excited to see where they go with the line, and I'm wishing them the best. Yeah. Uh, our friends over in the UK, Chella Toys, they released some more. Um, artwork and prototypes this week we saw gangrel and the glow in the dark variant of the atom bomb figure uh marco are you excited for these oh of course yeah i mean more more the atom bomb one because he's a he's a follower of the uh the chick foley uh twitter account so i mean brian brian clark hell yeah uh, but yeah no it actually and i do actually actually have the um micro brawler of the of atom bomb as well so um that it's actually pretty cool they showed the uh if you guys see the picture they showed the glow in the dark it was kind of like, it, it looked pretty awesome. Um, I'm intrigued. I yeah, think I it's made, some uh, serious glow, man. It really did look yeah, radioactive. It was, it was yeah, glowing bright so bright. Is, <laughs> it is really bright. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm all in on the uh, on the Atom Bomb uh, retro figure. Yeah, and we always need more Gangrel figures, too. I yeah, feel like he's Gangrel one of the more awesome. underrated legends of the day. Here's our yeah, Mad Reaper custom chalice. Gangrel. Yeah. Awesome. That's sick. Yeah, such a sick figure. Hopefully we get in a proper elite. You know, Cello's got their uh the uncensored line or whatever, so maybe we'll see uh maybe we'll see it coming up sooner. I don't sooner. know, dude. Uh, I don't really I don't know if there is a a company out there that is mass producing figures that are even I mean, I'm, there's nothing out there that's going to make me be like, "Oh, this is better than our Mad Reaper Gangrel." I love yeah. that I Gangrel mean, figure, dude. Like You're right. Yeah, it's a lot of good the only thing I worry there. about yeah, I uh yeah, Mad Reaper is the best customizer in the game, bar none. But you know the factory made you don't got to worry about it. like this thing is like a piece of art that's why it's actually yeah. out right now because i had it on figure display and i don't want to put it back in the tote until i get a good box to put it in because yeah. these, uh, these customs are always one bad drop or you know one of your kids picking them up and not really you know if you're not paying attention they start and playing he's got with a lot it of little ruined. like molded pieces like his the cup and then the fangs and the tongue yeah, this and is all if, he, if he takes a yeah if he takes a bad uh bump he's gonna get he's gonna get chipped especially like he's got the seinfeld shirt and i think i think that could yeah, really yeah the puffy shirt chipped the puffy off shirt. yeah the puffy shirt I don't want to look like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into uh, weekly purchases. Marco, we'll let you go first this week because me and Sheena had a pretty big haul. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I had a pretty big one too. You guys are probably going to show the same ones. Um, so I didn't bring it down. So definitely the uh, the ref Aubrey mm-hmm. um, showed up too as well. It was pretty cool. Um, I didn't want to lug it down. So I know. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, we have an unboxed. Right oh, here. never mind. Sess got it right there. I was going to say we haven't unboxed yeah, so, it yet. So. so the ref Aubrey, I, I do love the fact that it has the um, the double or nothing ring skirts because mm-hmm. they have like a kind of like a display I want to set up with uh, with all the – like pretty much anyone that was in Double or Nothing 2019, their first pay per view. So pretty much that first line. Okay, I dig of, it. Uh, unrivaled figures, but then like as you go along, like you can have like John Moxley. He was a part of it as well. Yeah, um, Luchasaurus, um, Jungle Boy, MJF, Orange Cassidy. Um, Orange Cassidy. They're all in the uh, the the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have uh, Nyla Rose. Bret Hart was it? Was in it? Bret uh, Bret Hart. If you, you wanted to, you Bret need Hart. to make you a custom you, Bret Hart to throw in there, man. I, Either that or I'll wait for the uh, the WrestleMania Elite to show up and uh, do something with that. But, um, but yeah, so kind of working on that. And I do have the other um, authentic scale. Surely we'll get a Luminaries Bret Hart. Oh, yeah, definitely. This, that, well, that he's still under a WWE deal right now, so I don't know how that's going to work. You know, WWE's still that's making it. figures of him. So true. that was like a true, true one-off appearance, it seems like, that he had. And we mm-hmm. still haven't yeah. seen Bret publicly comment on what they got going on with Owen. So we don't know where Bret stands. On that, mm. um, good shout point. out to Bret Hart. Right. Got his bachelor's good degree this week. So point. Nice. If anybody didn't notice that, Brett got his bachelor's degree in uh, physical education this week. So it's never too late to, uh, you know, to start working on those wow. goals. Dude, um, can you imagine? To- like, can you imagine if you just like showed up and like Brett was like your PE teacher? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you just go to elementary school and like. Day. Yeah, Brett. Oh yeah. Oh, you Brett know, Hart is wow. like you know handing out dodgeballs and scooters yeah. and stuff. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, go, yeah to his, so my, uh, go to his IG. Yeah, I saw. I saw. You can see it. Yeah. What was you gonna say, so Mark? Uh, cool. Congrats, Brett. We're proud of you. Yeah, congrats, Brett, on the uh, on the degree, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so my uh, pickups were pretty. We'll say ultimate. So I actually finally in my possession. Wow, good ultimate. Good get. Finally, ultimate so you don't Slaughter. have to be so finally. sour on it anymore. Not to be. I don't blue, have to be blue sour. card or black card. Uh, blue, blue card, not nice. the, the black card, because this is get, this is getting cracked open at some point. So hell yeah, I want to get the black card. The other ultimate that I got, oh, I'm so happy that this actually showed up. This guy right here, the ultimate heel, the uh, the, <laughs> the immortal piece of crap. Hulk, Hulk showed Hogan off. You can charge actually too. showed up. Yeah, so. It's actually, you know, and that's much- uh, yeah, this is from one of his more heelish moments, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, so as, as much as, you know, he is a piece of shit, uh, this figure is actually pretty cool. Um, we both got the, the, uh, right. the less valuable ones. You know, there's a packaging variant where he has the bandana actually on. So some of these, he has the bandana on. Oh, in really? The package. Our, yeah, th- that's the one that the the hardcore yeah, MOC off. collectors, that's the ones they wanted. Yeah, same with ours. And it's, it's two totally different versions because the actual tray inside the box is different. I was going to say because then you would have you would have an empty hole, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's just two toy. So there's a there's a small batch that has the bandana on. So if you have one of those, maybe think about flipping that one and see what you can get for it, and and you can go back and purchase one of the regular ones, make a few bucks. But it is a cool uh, figure. That's it on my end. You know, ever you know everybody that got one and just ripped it open is like, oh shit, which one was mine? You know, they probably weren't paying attention. (laughs) Oh no. I'll start with uh, the the elite ninety. So first up, we got our, our retribution figures. 
Mustafa Ali and the dearly departed uh, Mia Yim, a.k.a. Man. Reckoning. So thank God we got the, the elite of her, man, just in time. Yeah. But the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say a hot take on that. That is that mask painted on her face? It is. Yeah. It That's is. It would have been so much better cool if it was molded. See, Seth thinks it's yeah. cooler, but I think sometimes those masks are so. so like they don't they don't fit right. They don't look. You know what I mean? Like especially on the female figure with their heads are so small. Like I feel like yeah. it could have just really not looked right if they had given a removable mask. Mm. But they gave Mustafa Ali the removable. It should have right? just so. had true. It should have just been sculpted into the face. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just yeah, painted. Maybe. Whereas, like, if it would have had like facial sculpting, like where it was raised to look for like the mask, it would have been better. So there's like a, there's a happy medium somewhere between like just being painted and having a removable yeah. mask. I think they could have yeah. like sculpted it in. I can't really tell if it's sculpted. It's very very light sculpting. So yeah, it uh. It could connect a little bit better. We got main event J. Got to have that. First time we got it, a, go. uh, a lay in the elite line. Boom. Bronson Reed. This gives me hope that awesome. maybe a few of these other guys who are freshly released, maybe we still see their figures drop. And then <laughs> White Trunks, Randy Orton. We're not Such getting crispy fried look, fiend. You know? With the night vision <laughs> goggles as well. So we still haven't gotten confirmation that we're not getting crispy crispy fried fiend. That might still happen. That's, that's in Elite 92, so we'll see. Happen. There is, I mean, Elite 91's already been announced, so we'll see what ends up dropping when uh, they go live on ringside. But, uh, yeah, I'm skeptical like you guys, but there's still at least a little bit of hope. Um, I think that is it for what I had to show up up here. Sheen, I think you want to show some stuff that our good friend Brian Vermeer gifted you. Yeah, so I have a Motu Bret Hart. Speaking of Bret, this is a, a newly educated bachelor degree. That. Bret Hart, Motu. Yep. <laughs> I think Brian got lucky and found like one of the damn near the only waves of those figures that hit. So I know the fig god Jordan, obviously he found a set of them. Um, yeah. But other than him and Brian, I have not seen those things like popping up big time on Me social media because I, I was lucky enough to get the JYD pre-ordered on Walmart, but I still need the the Sergeant Slaughter and the Andre the Giant from that wave. Mm. Yeah, and, and show what else Brian this. threw in just out of the kindness of her heart. Or his heart. This is crazy. Yeah, so then we got um, this insane looking triple h uh ljn oh the uh the superstars uh ljn so we're gonna we're you know we can put it beside our uh you know poo poo cody you know we got a poo poo triple h and a poo poo cody you know uh they're gonna they're gonna work really well together and then the freaking peace de la resistance the coup de gras yeah look at this Oh, it's a freaking guy. Superstars. What a freaking guy, man. Still in the in. box. Like that's awesome. Like, dude, you know, you know, we're like hardcore. We are um, you know, Lucy's over here. But I just love how this looks in the box. I don't know. The classic I don't superstar know if I is the best packaging and wrestling. Take it out. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. This, this three pack is just insane. Like it just looks so good. Yeah, see, so, yeah, the uh, the comic the comic store that I frequent, they still have the uh, the collector's edition just of the Hart Foundation, not without Jimmy Hart there. Um, yeah, and I still have the uh, I I never I never opened up the um, the the Montreal screw job um, Frankside exclusive either. That's still in the box. That's an awesome pack, you, man. You just can't. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just something like you said. Something about the packaging. It's just presentable. Like you don't you don't have to open it. Like you could leave it like that. Yeah, you, it's just you know, and the articulation on the figure sucks also. So like they they are kind of better in the box than they are out of the box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. yeah it's almost like a basic True. slash 
elite almost, like yeah. the way they the way they're yeah. built. So huge shout out to our friend Brian uh, for that care package. Thank you so much. Like you're just. And I think we'll be hearing I mean, from him again during a uh, listener mail. He's, listener he's going to be yeah. it off with a, a special request. A special yep. request question. Easy for me to say. Easy for you to say, pal. All right, let's hear from uh, Extra Cooler. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Yeah, and real quick, I just want to say uh, we, we forgot to mention what hey, the Pod Foundation had going on uh, with the Extra Cooler Show. They just released their Extra Credit episode. It was their favorite Survivor Series moment. Yes, so they're going to get right. you in the mood for Thanksgiving. We kind of jumped over it. I think we just uh, overlooked it. But yeah, I want to let you guys know to definitely check out that episode this week over on the yeah, Pod we Foundation. To, we actually listened to that this morning. It's a fun trip down memory lane, especially mm-hmm. those those early years of Survivor Series back when it was on Thanksgiving Eve. That was always such a treat, you know, staying up the night, uh, the night before Thanksgiving to, to watch the big Survivor Series. Let's get yep. into How Many Chicks. <laughs> All right, it's time for how many. We'll never hear that music again. We randomly grab one. I I think it'll come back when Sammy goes uh goes babyface. It'll come back. Um, Maybe this is where we pull. Doesn't get cut. (laughs) True. This is where we pull one of our one thousand plus uh, figures. Sheena has no idea what is inside the Undertaker's casket right here. We'll reveal it, do a quick history lesson, and then give a rating. And uh, you know, we kind of got it mathematically broke down now, so. We'll tell you where this figure stands in the all-time How Many Chicks rating. Sheena, you ready for the big reveal? Let's go. All right. For the second time this episode, I'm hitting the drum roll. Oh. We Tomo got... Tomo Hiro, Hiro Ishii, Ishii from New Japan Super 7 Series 1. Yeah. Sheen, um, what's your initial thoughts on this figure? I mean, it looks just like him, I think. Um I think the the face scan is uh is on point. I just I like that he's just a big dude. You know I'm always here for big dude season. And uh, as your resident um NJPW expert over here, I just want to say that this is uh you know one of the best representations of uh Tomohiro Ishii that there that there has ever been made in figure form. I was going to ask Sheen, what's your all-time favorite Tomohiro Ishii match? I don't know that one against. Uh, it was like a jobber. He he fought that one time. Against you know, Fufu Shmashma kinda... in the Tokyo Dome. That's the one. How did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could say that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's that, a trademark. We have, to, we have to remove that from the. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's a longstanding gimmick of uh, GP. When it, when in doubt, any indie wrestler that you don't uh, actually know what they've done, just call him Fufu Shmashma. Fufu Shmashma. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Uh, Marco, did uh, I can't remember? Did you end up picking up the New Japan figures? Yes, I did. I'm so obviously so waiting, so waiting for our series two <laughs> to show up. I'm so praying every night. Eat my, eat my vitamin C. Our grandkids are gonna, our grandkids are gonna inherit <laughs> yeah. those uh, pre-orders, man. Once they finally release, it's like, gonna be the year. 
Yeah, the year 20, 2091, New Japan Series 2 is going to show up. It's like, oh, this is what Grandpa left me. They're going to go, what is this? Um, yeah, hopefully <laughs> they, they're worth money by that time. But um, yeah, no, I definitely picked that up. That's no, that's that's an awesome figure. I'm actually like, I'm actually waiting. Series 2 is the one I actually want more than Series 1 because of evil. That's what I'm really The prototypes are coming out. They look, The um, prototypes on Series 2 look really cool. For Series 1, yeah. This dude was definitely the meat and potatoes figure. You know, you had Tanahashi, yes. literally uh, Okada yeah. and Will Ospreay, who all looked, yeah. you know, really just flashy and cool. And then you had Ishii, which like Sheena said, he looks a lot like him, but it's a little bit less than spectacular. Um, yeah. Let's get into it, Sheen. Uh, from a 0.0 to a 5.0, what do you give Tomohiro Ishii? Um, like I said, the the uh, likeness is on point for me. I think it looks really good. It gets points for soft goods shirt, but the gear is just kind of basic. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you could like if you put this up on a shelf with no packaging or whatever, and like some kid just walked by, like it would just like wouldn't be very spectacular. You know what I mean? Um, not very toyetic, not gra- as they say. Yeah, not very toyetic. Not going to grab your attention. Um, sorry to all the Ishi fans out there. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to give it a two point five. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to give it a 2.0 just because it is super duper basic, but I, I believe they actually even has the, the elbow pads painted on, right? Or is that an actual elbow pad? No, it's a, oh, oh, no, it's a, it's a removable elbow pad. It's a okay, you know, okay. sleeve. Yeah. Still super basic. I'm giving it a 2.0. It'd probably be a little bit low. I do. We'll give it credit for being a accurate depiction, but just too plain low for tops. me. So Yeah. Those are pretty cool wrestling boots. Uh, Marco, what do you give it? I'm going to go... I'm going to give it a two and a half. Uh, I'm going to give it a 0.5 mainly because it does have that removable uh, elbow pad as well. It is pretty uh, like a pretty basic figure compared mm-hmm. to, like you said, the other the other ones in the line. The other ones are way flashier. Um, way better. Way more colorful too. I mean, but... He's not a colorful. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the gimmick. Anyway, you know so. what I mean? But it just yeah. as far as figure form, it doesn't make you really excited for it. I should take off half yeah. a point for how long it took these things to freaking get made and shipped over. Yeah. <laughs> so zero, so we should just give it a zero. Pretty much. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm so two with a uh, a two a two point five and a two point five, he comes out to a two point three average. So we have done nine. How many chicks um, since we kind of baseline the scale Kashina was going off the chain this guy ranks eighth out of nine the only thing mm. keeping him from being the bottom of the barrel uh figure on how many chicks was the bray wyatt pop the original bray pop when the uh you know yeah. he was the cult leader well, it wasn't which a it was bad super pop. plain it was just jane basic it was yeah. same thing as this yeah it's very similar to this it wasn't a bad figure it was just bait. we haven't had any bad figures yet the three lowest mm-hmm. ones was the brock lesnar retro uh ishii which we did tonight and the bray white pop and all three of those i don't think any of those three figures are bad they're, they're not just offensive. kind of uh yeah, yeah. yeah they're just kind of plain they don't all have right, a lot of bells and whistles do we have listener mail for this week we do all right Brian Vermeer asks. I remember seeing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. He says, where did Chick Foley come from? We've told this on the show before. I can't remember when, but we we talked about it um, a while back. But just in case we got any new, new listeners here, um, the name Chick Foley was from WrestleMania 31 weekend. So, you know, myself, a heel husband, 
the fig god Jordan Wells and his wife Ari all went to WrestleMania weekend together. Uh, the night before WrestleMania, we were doing this, what we call the Mania Mile bar crawl. There was this like long stretch of, you know, bars and breweries and stuff like that. And we were just kind of hitting them, you know, going along the way, just hanging out with Getting all the, the different marks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Crazy night. Um, you know, definitely, you know, at the, at the top of the show, we say we, we, uh, promote responsible drinking. This is probably why, <laughs> because this was a wild <laughs> night. Um, it was just, you know, it was fun though. No, no hijinks. Anyway. Um, I, you know, I, I get a lot of, uh, people associate me with Bret Hart a lot of times, you know, my Bret Hart love, but people don't know deep down, like I'm, I'm a, lover of all things Mick Foley, you know, like I, I love me some Mick Foley. So I was wearing my full Mick Foley garb, you know, cut off Buffalo, um, plaid, uh, vest with my, you know, cactus Jack shirt underneath like the wanted dead or alive shirt or wanted dead shirt, I guess I should say. Um, and, uh, we were, you know, all kind of buzzing going down in this, I think he was an Irishman <laughs> and he like all of a sudden yells out, he's like sitting inside the little bar patio area and we're walking by and he says, Hey, Chick Foley, you know, because it basically looked like I was in cosplay. So from that night, that guy doesn't even realize like he started a whole movement of Chick Foley by just calling me Chick Foley because the rest of the weekend, Jordan was calling me, he was calling me Chick Foley. But uh, yeah, Chick Foley kind of, kind of stuck. And that's kind of, I came home from that weekend. I started the Instagram account just to kind of like nerd out, you know, because I knew none of my regular friends would care anything about seeing all my wrestling photos and all of our stuff from that weekend. And so I started the account and it just kind of started from there. So WrestleMania 31 weekend, the the guy, if you're out there, if you call, if you were at WrestleMania 31 weekend and you remember seeing a, you know, a chick in a Buffalo plaid <laughs> shirt, let us know, <laughs> you know, you're part of our origin story. So yeah, that's a, uh, that's where the name came from. All right. Brian Vermeer has another question it says, what crossover think TM? TMNT, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and WWE, would you like AEW to do? So, like, what mashup of figures would you like them to do? Seth, I'll, I'll start with you. So, we've seen Ninja Turtles. We've seen Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I think the next big thing is Star Wars, man. I think we need to see a wrestling and a Star Wars crossover. That's like the other, That'd be like, cool. You know, the the Mount Rushmore of, of action figures, I think, you know, wrestling, Ninja Turtles, Star Wars and Ghostbusters. So, oh, yeah, yeah we, Star have, Wars we have Masters of the Universe, too. Yeah, true. We've had Motu already as well. Marco, you got anybody? Um, I mean, since it, they're technically already doing it with uh, with Street Fighter or with Capcom. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the T-shirts uh, and stuff. You, yeah, they have those like they have those like limited edition shirts that they come up with, like. Uh, this past week, I think it actually ends like next week. They have uh, Adam Cole um, facing like uh, Ryu, and then they have uh, CM Punk facing Balrog and uh, Vega. If you guys are familiar with, yeah, uh, Street oh, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, that'd be a pretty cool co- crossover if they uh, did some figures like that, or even with what we talk about this all the time, Tekken. Uh, that'd be pretty cool as well with uh, you know King being like the resident uh, wrestling guy on that game. Um, yeah, any, I think that I think they're due for some type of like um, Street Fighter crossover because Marvel Marvel does it with Marvel Capcom. Um, they do that um, thing where they have all the Marvel characters face the the um, the the Capcom characters. Yeah. So I, you, you don't have to include Street Fighter; you can include anyone from Capcom. Like Mega Man would be involved um, and all that stuff. And where you know Kenny Omega is like a video game guy that's pretty much up his alley. So I think. 
I think they'd be good hands if they actually ever want to cross over with with uh, with Street Fighter. That'd be cool. I think I, um, I'm going to go with Nicktoons. I think a Nickelodeon Ooh. Nicktoons crossover huh. like would be super fun. It would be really weird. I don't even know how you would execute it. You know what I mean? I'm just like imagining like the young bucks dressed like Phil and Lil. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, you know? the NFL's doing it right now with the uh, with. Well, yeah, with they're doing like so. yeah, they're doing like Nickelodeon. I love the yeah, NFL I don't know. Nickelodeon I just, presentation. That's so cool. Would you say? Oh yeah, the Nickelodeon presentation is cool. But yeah, I think, um, you know, I have a really special place in my heart for Nicktoons and I haven't seen any sort of like mashups awesome. with them in, in figure form. So any, they Would should be- come back out with some. And I know we had a pop line recently with with Nicktoons, but I feel like there there's a market for actual Nicktoons figures. Maybe they're out there and I just don't know it because I'm just not really looking for them. But who? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, for for Ren and Stimpy, I'm thinking the best friends would be. Uh, yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Uh, they, oh, that'd yeah. be pretty funny. That actually. would be a whole other episode. We could do a Patreon exclusive <laughs> of uh, what what figures we want for each person. Zach Hertzler says, not sure if this has been mentioned, but what are your feelings of WWE on Peacock? Uh, for me, the thing I hate most that I noticed is that they don't have any of the kickoff shows because I wanted to watch some of the WrestleMania kickoff shows. So Seth actually likes so Peacock. I'm not a huge stuff, fan. There's I stuff missing. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely stuff missing. Um, like you said, the kickoff shows, which there's actually some really good matches on kickoff shows that you can't find. Um, and some of the browsing is kind of weird how they have it. They basically treat the WWE like a regular TV property where all the pay-per-views are organized into seasons when mm-hmm. as wrestling fans, we know that really doesn't apply. But the performance wise, it's so much better. I had I always had issues with WWE Network getting like laggy. Or freezing mm-hmm. up, just being mm-hmm. weird. I've had none of that with Peacock. Yeah. The actual performance-wise, it's been smooth. I've enjoyed, and I've I think they have done a better job um, putting those little like curated collections on the homepage. When you go to browse, I like yeah. going through and like you know one week they'll suddenly have like a whole collection of Roman Reigns stuff or a whole collection of Steve yeah. Austin stuff, and they mix that up. So I think they're doing a little bit better job with that. Um, and I think the content will get there eventually. I you know they definitely seem like they've been committed to it. It hasn't. It's been way, way, way far uh, better than kind of that worst case scenario. I think us fans were imagining when we heard about this deal. Um, so I've generally been happy with it, but I agree there are, there are some things that I miss from WWE Network. Yeah. Um, the year Sam Rosenthal says the year is 2042. Is AEW still around? And where do both companies stand? Has a third emerged? And by this time, how many chalk line shorts does Seth own? <laughs> So <laughs> 20 years from now, um, uh, uh, where, where do both companies stand? Do you think AEW, do you think wrestling will even still be a thing in 20 years? Will it be something that people want to watch in oh, yeah. 20 years? I, I think so. I don't know, man. I think the wrestling the will still culture, be a thing. Like, Fighting is violent. It's too violent. Uh, yeah, that's, like that's, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know the climate of the hit country each other. In, in 20 years, but I, I would say as, as a, like a, the greatest, the greatest uh, sport on earth uh, to watch. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be there. I think, I think it's still going to be around. I think AEW will still be around as well. Um, I think WWE buys know- AEW by 2042. Who Whoa, knows what WWE is going to be by that? Well, who knows wow. what they're going to be by this time? Like WWE might be like. I think, a, I think, yeah, WWE is going to be. <laughs> yeah, WWE is going to be like incorporated with Disney. They're going to have like their own little land at Disney World. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Where you can go to like WWE land. 
Um, yeah, they, they're and not going to back up the Brinks truck. I mean, may, maybe AEW still exists under the WWE umbrella, but I, no I don't way. think WWE. Think is, so? I don't think AEW still going to be around, run by the well, Khan I mean, family. Why? Why though? Tony Khan does not need Vince McMahon's money. I don't understand. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't need any of the money he's making right now. But guess what? They still want more. You know how you get to be a billionaire? By not saying, oh, I don't need this money. You take everything that you can get. That's what I'm saying. They're going to keep going. How many billionaires do you know that say, okay, you know what, I I got this. Let me just chill. But but there's also, billionaires also have giant egos, especially billionaire marks who are like, you know, think like, I don't don't see him like bowing at the the feet of Vince McMahon. I don't think it's bowing if... If whether it's WWE directly or WWE via Disney or NBC Universal buys your company out for $3 billion, I don't think that's bowing. I think you've won. I'm not saying it's going to be a WCW situation where they beat AEW into submission and they sell it for scraps. I'm saying WWE just buys them out for a huge chunk of cash. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The way the way things are looking now, I don't see it, uh, mainly because they're the the way the people that they're bringing in the the way that they're doing things as far as wrestling goes and like mm-hmm. catering to more of the wrestling fans I yeah mean, we, we spoke about this earlier we don't know what the hell WWE's doing what We're episode like, of Chick Foley show will we be on by then we'll oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll still be, be uh, rolling twenty forty two will be <laughs> should be like we're, we're gonna be we'll on like we're gonna be like twelve hundred or something like that twelve or thirteen hundred. Hopefully yeah. we'll be on. We'll have a Peacock deal. We'll be on Peacock or something like that. <laughs> yeah. or we'll be like actually. <laughs> no, by then you, it, you'll just be in the ring. You'll have like the the you know um, what do you call those things? The goggles. You know the interactive. Uh, <laughs> oh, like the uh, virtual like virtual VR reality. Goggles. Yeah, that's the, that's the t- yeah. You'll just you know you won't even we'll have to. Uh, we'll be the, the wrestlers won't even have to wrestle. They'll just have to think of their matches, and it'll automatically like you know go into your virtual reality simulator. You know. Yeah, we'll be with the metaverse with, uh, with yeah, Facebook and all that stuff. So. And how many chalk line shorts? Are you going to keep the limit? Are you going to just yeah, keep the, keep the rotation? It's yeah, 60 still for be life. 60. Yeah. yeah. So um, thank you, Sam, for that question. And then Johnny JB for the final question says, do you think Nia Jax will end up in AEW? We kind of touched on this earlier, but realistically, do you see Nia Jax going to AEW? Yes or no? She feels like an impact talent to me. Yeah. I feel like Impact has been kind of the home for the the WWE style talent, not the indie style guys. So I feel like the WWE guys have I- Impact is kind of the uh, where they find their footing at. So yeah, that, that's what I see for her. I see Nia. They got a good women's if, division if too. Con- yeah, if she continues to wrestle, I, I see her going to uh, going to Impact. I could, yeah, I could see that as well. But uh, definitely would like to see. Like I said, I want to see her in uh, AEW only to to face Nyla Rose. Maybe just like a one off match, and then she could go back to impact or something like that. But, uh, wake me up when it's over. Yeah. They could definitely, they could definitely use a talent, especially if Charlotte does hop over, hop on over to AEW. I mean, we don't want to have the, uh, (laughs) yeah. Round two. (laughs) We don't have the same, uh, issues going on with, with Nia and Charlotte. So yeah, maybe it's better. She does go to impact. She'll definitely have more, uh, control and more, uh, freedom over her character and stuff like that. And she can reunite with the, uh, inspiration, as well. There you go. So mm. that'd be pretty cool. All right. That is a wrap for episode 152. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. 
You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show, and you can join our Foley fam and all the fun we always have going on in there at ChickFoleyShow.com. All right. We want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. And Marco, you were in the hot seat this week. We still got to get a streak going. Sheena has been whooping our ass on the trivia challenge. You're up for the trivia question of the week. Oh, boy. All right. At the 1990 SummerSlam, Randy Savage's opponent was... 1990 SummerSlam. Jeez. Mm -hmm. SummerSlam 1990. Who was Randy Savage's opponent? You know know this. this I know you know this, dude. No hint. Okay. I'm trying to be the first person to get it right no two weeks hints. in a row. No, uh, no hints. How do I have like a timer? Yep. You got five <laughs> you got, seconds. You got five seconds. Four, uh, three, two, one. And Seth, you're in the hot I seat get, to I, steal. That the road, baby. It was Dusty Rose. It was Dusty yeah. Rose. Remember, Damn that's it. when the million. That's when Sapphire it, didn't show up. Dusty yeah, was they so had, distracted, right. and he got beat. Damn and then it, that, that that Jezebel yeah. Sapphire came walking out with the million dollar man. That Jezebel. Right. Yep. Heartbreaking. Damn. All right, I'm getting it going next week. I'm getting a streak going. We're gonna make it happen. It's all right, Marco. For oh. the record, I'm terrible at trivia too. I always freeze up, so you don't have to feel bad. <laughs> all right sheena leave us with i as soon as you said SummerSlam 90 i was like i got this i my grandma <laughs> I didn't think of that. I, uh, my uncle got that on pay-per-view and my grandma taped that for me i probably watched that vhs like you know 55 times as a kid summer summer slam 90 is in my top five or six most watched shows ever so i know that one backwards uh to forward. Yeah, for some reason it seemed like that was like early for that match like it seemed like it was like 90 Two or ninety three for me for some mm, yeah. odd reason. But. It really wasn't even. It really wasn't even much of a match, man. It was really yeah. just kind of a thing to get the angle going for Million Dollar Man yeah. and uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, the match. I think the match is less than like three minutes, and it basically consists of like Dusty looking towards the entrance way for Sapphire to come out, and Savage just uh, beating on him. You know, so sweet. Yeah, yeah sweet not not much Sapphire. of a match, more of an angle. Um, Sheena, yeah. leave us with some closing thoughts as we wrap up episode one fifty two. All right, guys, whether you make your pit stop at Thanksgiving uh, before you move into Christmas, this next couple of months is going to fly by as it always does uh, for the holiday season. So take time, slow down, enjoy your family. Don't stress. um, And, you know, let's just let's just finish 2021 with a freaking bang. Let's all just go out and, uh, you know, feeling good. Hell yeah. 